right, is this thing on? I think it is. Hey everybody, my name is Derek and I am the owner, creator, and a head silicone slinger here at Amabiti where we make silicone toys for adults. So, how y'all doing? I've actually got guests tonight. We, I had to fly solo last week because of a rescheduling issue and also George wasn't here. So last weekend I was all on my own. And uh, I don't know, I had fun. It was kind of calling back to the way that we got started with this whole project. But this week I have Kisu and friends who are going to be joining us here in just a moment. But of course, I've got to get the, the obligatory mention of the Patreon out of the way. As you might have noticed, we have new patrons Um, We got two new patrons this week. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. Um, It actually does help. So, um, you know, it's not a whole lot of expense, but these do take a little bit of money to uh, do these episodes. So I wanted to say thank you to all of our patrons. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of pleased. Maybe this will take off a little bit more. Now, upcoming, we have Kizu and Friends tonight. Next week, we've got Linda from Paladin Pleasure Sculptors. That's going to be a fun one. Uh, Little known fact, uh, Linda was one of my first guests, you know, a year and a half ago. Then we've got Falophile coming up on October 9th. And I think, I think I've got Fergus rebooked for October 16th. So yeah, that'll be a fun one. All right, I'm going to bring Kizu and friends on. We've got uh, Tom and Simo. How you guys doing? Oops. Hey, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> well, I'm Simo, so I'm here. And, and I am Tom. This is Tom. <laughs> oh, my God. How did that get moved? Oh, geez. You know, what would it be if it if we didn't have random things pop up like that? Hang on. Just what you a need is more Patreons so you can pay for better, <laughs> better broadcasting. <laughs> All right, let me see if I can get this straightened out. What is... Nope, that's not it. Oh, boy. No kidding. Now, see, that's... Um, where is it? I've, I've just... I don't know why you got cut off. Oh, all right. I think it'll take me a minute to figure that out. I'm we just we just played with this, you know, 15 minutes ago and everything was was perfect. Yeah. Well, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh jeez. All right. So, Tom, raise your hand. That's Tom. <laughs> Simo, raise your hand. Hi. How you, how you guys doing? Yeah, All right. Doing well, thanks. Good. Good. Oh, now, I, first thing I want to say is thank you. Um I realize that you guys are eight hours ahead of me you you guys are in finland right yep yep so 3 a.m here in finland 3 a.m oh my god <laughs> it's I, a you fun are... sleep last night and i have to go to my day job after this so. <laughs> well you, you should just stay up you just load up on the coffee and stay yeah, up yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> he literally doesn't have time to sleep before the day job starts <laughs> Well, um, again, you guys are troopers. I totally appreciate it. We talked about actually kind of moving the time around, but we kind of felt that there was no reason to confuse the audience any more than I tend to confuse them anyway. So uh, thank you so much for making that that sacrifice for us. 
<laughs> and thank you very much for having us back after technical difficulties last time. <laughs> right? I mean, that was so weird. You know, you had... What was it? A storm rolled through? Yeah, a storm yeah, came it, through. A lot of trees came down and our electricity went out. Yeah, it was not meant to happen. <laughs> that weekend, I, I had booked the only time I could to get my car MOT'd in another town. That was the only MOT place I could find that was open on the weekend. It was a complete catastrophe, MOT-wise. <laughs> drove We drove the MOT catastrophe back home 50 miles, and um, when we got to our road, like 10 tree trunks had fallen on it. We couldn't get back home. And eventually, when we did, after hours of chainsawing, the electricity was out. So hmm. it was not meant to be. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. I, I can only imagine. Now, Just um, one of those days. <laughs> right? So why don't you take a second and kind of give us just a, a thumbnail sketch of who you are and what you do. Okay. Um, well, we are the owners and the everything really at <laughs> Kisu and Friends. Um, the company, uh, we've been open and selling for about 14 months now, probably. Yeah. So we're still relatively new on the scene. Um, it's just kind of a a dream we had and threw absolutely everything at and luckily it's worked well enough to keep us going. <laughs> well, not quite everything. But... Oh, I have a whole head. Yes. I, I was, I, I knew oh, I could figure it out. If I, if I, <laughs> I knew I could figure it out if I gave myself a moment, but uh, now, um, now one of the things that I know you're known for is your butt art. I think you call it base art, but I, I like the term butt art. Um, Everyone but, seems to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I guess the question I got to start off with is, why did you get started in this this category of making adult toys? And then how did you kind of develop this, this thing that you're known for? Okay, well, start off with actually starting up Kisu and Friends. Mm. Um, I... I am not Finnish, I'm English, but I moved over here a couple of years ago. Um, we were living in Helsinki, mm-hmm. the capital at the time. Uh, I was finishing off the like integration for immigrants' language courses, because Finnish is nightmarishly difficult. Um, and I was sort of job hunting and really not finding anything. Um, Simo at the time was doing a job that he wasn't particularly enjoying mm-hmm. and wanted a change. And we were lying in bed chatting about, you know, what could we do? And it was kind of pipe dream. We, we could open a cutesy cafe together, we could open a pub, we could. And, uh, I'm not entirely sure it was a serious conversation, um, but <laughs> and somewhere, it was. Somebody, <laughs> <laughs> okay. and somewhere somebody um, threw out the idea of making dildos. Yeah. I mean, see what I said, you know, I thought about it before, but don't do modelings. Uh, I never really thought of it seriously. Mm. Always like the idea of dildo making. Okay, let's have a look, see if it's possible. And a couple of hours of flicking through any random video on YouTube we could find. Actually, a little correction that it was a couple of days. Tom has a background in mathematics and he is really meticulous about any doing any calculations about anything. And a couple of days after, he went, okay, we can do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I kind of over-research anything at all. Um, but yeah, I think it was possible. So while I finished off the language course, um, 
on the two computer screens. I had to have a language Zoom course on one side because Corona, and on the other screen was me learning Blender and modeling dildos at the same time. Um, <laughs> well, see, I earned the money to actually start the thing. <laughs> and here we are. Ah, that's <laughs> awesome. Um, so I, I, I always have to laugh, you know, it's this this idea that we can actually take this this um, these things that we enjoy and turn them into something that we can share and can be self-sustaining and even provide a little bit of an income for folks. Yeah, it is amazing. Um, sadly for us, we didn't actually like join and really discover the like makers Discord groups until we'd kind of oh yeah done everything ourselves. Painstakingly. <laughs> yes. So we spent absolutely months and months looking up every video on mold making completely unrelated to this field and printing. And but also passively before that kind of years of sort of trying to understand how it's all done and yeah. looking up little bits here and there. But the sort of active period of it was probably well, almost a year, a year really, year, yeah. I think, before we opened. Um, I had noticed this Discord, this Maker's Discord existed, and so I've had a little handwritten note, you know, check this out when we open up, they might be nice to chat to. Um, yeah. And we did, and oh my God, all the answers are there. It was so painful. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also uh, before I started doing my videos too. So, yeah, there, yes, there none of your helpful videos were there. there so. <laughs> I mean, your videos uh, are spot on. These are the exact topics you need for dildos, because we were using yeah. any video we could vaguely related to the field. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now, uh, one of the things that I, you and I talked about a little bit yesterday as we were doing our tech run through was since you're in Finland, um, my understanding is that silicon is a little bit hard to get. Yeah. Um, we actually get all our raw materials from the Netherlands. Oh, wow. Um, so we can't get smooth on directly from anyone in Finland. There isn't a distributor here. Um, so we get our smooth on silicone and the, um, silk pig pigments and things from the Netherlands. And we get all our micas interestingly from the Netherlands as well, but a completely separate company. <laughs> um, and it, it's been annoyingly pricey and it has its own extra challenges. Um, the last order we put in, we wanted some more ease release. Um, oh. for anyone watching who doesn't know, it's the, the spray we put on the inside of the molds to make sure the dildo doesn't stick to the mold. Um, and we were told the order couldn't be sent because the shipping involves a ferry and ferries can't have the oh, canisters flight. on them. Oh, it was a flight. Mm. Okay. So yeah. we uh, couldn't get any. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can only imagine. The challenge left to, to be solved. <laughs> yeah. I can only imagine trying to get stuff um, flown in from a whole nother country. Um, there is man is released 205, which is a liquid version. It's uh, 200 is the spray. Yeah. And then 205 yes. is the liquid. So that might be an option for you. Yeah, we do actually it have is. the liquid. Um, mm -hmm. We use it for conditioning the molds when they're mm -hmm. brand new and things. And same as me looking up equipment to, for us to compress it ourselves into spray cats. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, shouldn't be I, too hard. I, I actually have something for you. I'm going to send you a link after we get done because I have a it's a it's actually a spray can that you charge with um, from your air compressor. Um, and yeah, that's then, what I've been looking up. <laughs> yeah. 
I've got one for you. I'll send you a link. Um, so I've got tons of pictures here of your butt art, and we're going to get to that in just a minute. But there's there's uh, one question everybody always asks is, how do you do it? <laughs> yeah. Um, there's one very specialist piece of equipment we use. Um, cocktail Tico. We buy it in bulk here in Finland. Uh, it comes in little tubs. And it is a cocktail stick. This is what has made all of his face art. That is amazing. And that's it. That's it? (laughs) Pretty much. That, a lot of practice and a lot of understanding about why silicone moves the way it does. Background in mathematics and a (laughs) lifetime of Christmas cake decoration. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was going to be my question is, you know, is there an art background that you're drawing from? Yes, every year I manically decorate the Christmas cake far more than it needs and indulge in very elaborate pumpkin carving. Um, and that's about it. Um, so you're not formally trained in, in art in any way? No, I'm formally trained in mathematical cryptography, which is a little less useful. Yeah. Um, well, I know the- oh, go ahead, go ahead. And the funny thing is, I actually, I know some of the photos you've got kind of show the earliest ones, but early on, it really wasn't, it wasn't something we were planning to do at all pre-opening. Ah, yeah, these, these are our like first ever toys that we were making. Mm. Um, so this is full of test pieces. A handful of these did go out and get sold. A handful of these are in the flops bucket. <laughs> mm. um, now, did you bring something from your flops bucket? Oh, many. Um, Okay. We'll show those off in a minute. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Um, So these are some of the first ones you did. And we can actually start to see some of the the butt art in some of them. And you're kind of developing a little bit of a a technique there. Yeah. Early on, we saw a handful of sort of the pretty swirl patterns that people did on the base. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a couple of companies out there doing them. And I love them. I I mean, it appealed to me sort of geometric patterns and how you could get them to twist and swirl to make particular shapes and things. So early on, we wanted to offer that and we made it, uh, we were calling it base art at that point. Um, to stop the confusion now, we have swapped it to base pattern, meaning nice little swirl that you can have for five euros. If you want actual drawn artwork, please contact us. Um, <laughs> there has been some confusion, but um, yeah, we sort of, had that as an optional extra, and we had great fun in the early days of working out patterns to swirl it. And you had great fun. You 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 love patterns. <laughs> yeah. I cannot follow patterns. <laughs> yeah, I worked them out and just taught Simla how to do. Them. Yes, and at that point when we were making toys, I was making all the toys, and Tom was just doodling, modeling other computers. So, <laughs> yeah. oh, he he would draw up a pattern and just do this. I'm like, how am I supposed? I can't. So he have to show me, like literally show me, do the hand movements on how to do everything. Uh, it's fine. Okay, he does all the art now. <laughs> <laughs> so you said that some of these are now in your flop bucket. Which ones? Can you point out some of them? The the orange and yellow one right on the top there, with the sort of swelled base, was an early experiment in hard splits where we were working out the timing on when to pour them. Mm. I'm afraid it delaminated a little around the edges, so mm. it's not sellable um i think just to the right of that 
is the pink one that we have here with us, the flock. Oh, that was yeah. the <laughs> second ever one we poured. Um, well, start from the first one. Oh, actually, we do have it here the first ever toy, if I can call it that, yeah. that we poured. Um, we got we want to do something flashy, the first ever one. You know, you remember it, it's special. Mm, so we decided yeah. to go for a ripple fade. And it, it came out with this beautiful sort of silver through to black ripple fade. Okay. And then we kind of panicked and, and didn't do the base on it at all. <laughs> um, and then, then we got sure, curious about how mica looked on the inside and how pretty it was. So we sliced it in half. And the answer oh, yeah. is it's really, really boring on the inside, <laughs> which yeah. is a bit of a shame. Um, but the outside is pretty. <laughs> you can hear George laughing in the background. Yeah. <laughs> um, so after that disaster first bought, we decided to get cocky and rather than just start with a small, we'd go with a medium-sized yeah. one. So anyway, for the first one, the problem was, was look, we weren't sure if we had enough silicone, so... Well, we, I suppose yeah. we didn't have enough silicone. <laughs> For the second one, we had enough silicone, but not enough release agent. Oh. So that happened. No. <laughs> well, where's the rest of it? Otherwise, all right. Um, the rest of it, I could not find at the moment. It is somewhere in the, the bucket of mostly failed prints from the very early days, rather than the... <laughs> bucket the bag of flops from modern times but um it it mangled the hell out of the mold um, yeah destroyed it does it. <laughs> yeah that was kind of where i was going with that was you know the the part that's not there is still in the mold and it's never coming yeah. out so um which actually led to interesting future flops where ah oh, no we didn't think they show up on the video so we didn't take them but as a result of, you know, we poured this one, it doesn't have enough ease release, it wrecked the mold, it wastes lots of expensive silicone, let's make sure we use lots and lots and lots of ease release. And when you use lots and lots and lots and lots, you get this weird, like, skin rash on the outside of the dildos, where there's, like, it almost looks like drip patterns, but it's just too much ease release. And it's just like, um, the whole surface is, like, melted slightly. Yeah, yes. it's just yeah. wrong. <laughs> yeah. So it takes a while to learn... It does. Sort of balance of what's right. Yeah. Also, I don't think at that point we really knew how to season the molds properly. No. So, mm. yeah, yeah, fresh new silicone is clingy and sticky, and yeah. it needs to kind of be taught to let go. Mm. Yeah, it does. And, you know, mold release is one of those things that you've got to have. Um, it's just, it's kind of a non negotiable. Um, now, Absolutely. where do you. Where do you fall on mold styles? Are you block molds or glove molds or hybrids? I guess. Um, kind of on cavity molds. Um, the the very first one we ever did, we do have here. Early on, in an attempt to kind of save silicone, we three D printed cases to put around them. Um, so our first ever one, somewhat conical rocket, could yeah. be a toy on its own, to be honest. Um, but is very thick, very hard, chunky silicone. Um, and especially with sort of small knotted toys and things, getting the master out of that without breaking it was kind of a nightmare. Uh, uh, it doesn't want to stretch at all. Um, oh no. So we had some difficulties. Our mold design went through five iterations or so before we mm. kind of got to what we're using now. Um, which 
Thank you. So what we're doing now, it's still got 3D printed hard outside, but on the inside is our actual mold. Okay. Um, so this gives it a nice solid casing to sort of protect it, keep it in shape. But that is only half a centimeter thick around the whole thing mm -hmm. uh, and is made from very soft, very stretchy silicone. Um, and these have done us, really done us proud. Um, yeah. I know a lot of people, you see videos with the, of doing the pulling, they stretch the toys massively and the, the yeah. friction mangles the side of them, they need replacing. These we don't actually pull out at all. We can literally peel them mm -hmm. inside out. And these things last forever. <laughs> We've replaced over the time, but they have a really, really good longevity. Um, yeah. And they use the same silicone we're actually using for our softs, I think. Mm -hmm. So that's zero, zero, 0030. Mm -hmm. um, so we don't need to buy loads of different silicones for mold making as well. <laughs> Yeah, um, if you can if you can get away with that kind of stuff and and use the same materials for multiple parts, so so nice. Yeah, yeah it's a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> um, now I'm gonna I'm kind of jumping all over the place because there's so much to be excited about here. Um, now these are a couple more pictures that you shared. Yeah, so this this is kind of what we started out with as our base art um we're having great fun doing pouring in little rings of different colors and then pulling them in and there's kind of a collection of the early ones we're experimenting with different patterns so that that was kind of the origin of what we do and what we're having fun with uh they did prove quite popular um mm -hmm. as an add-on so that was that was definitely the start of it and again it's done with cocktail sticks there's mm -hmm. nothing fancy in there yeah but i do love what you can do with them and Looks like two of them have suction cut bases. Is that right? Yeah. Um, yes, we have suction cups available for all the models and all the sizes. Everyone has its own 3D printed created shape just for that size that's oh, wow. smoothed off on its own. So it's quite a lot of work to put together, but I, I do really like the outcome we can get from them. Hmm. Um, actually, if we want to dip back into the fails, we can show you a toy that is technically not problematically failed, but when we made the first ever suction cup, uh, it was for a small kiesel. Proof of concept. Um, and we poured this as an experiment, I think, on practicing marbling. And we were a little short on the silicone, so we thought, rather than create more silicone, why not just test the suction cup? So completely unsmoothed. Okay. Can... Yeah. I don't know if it's going to come up on the screen or not, but the entire edge shows every ridge and ripple on yeah. problems of not smoothing. So it's in the flop bucket, but it's technically not problematic with the bases as badly 3D print lined as possible, but it proved the concept. It worked perfectly well. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a bit time consuming to make every individual mm -hmm. suction cup, but we've got a little drawer inside the room that you open up and select the size and model you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you know, Magic Within had a question that I should have asked and I completely skipped over. How did you come up with the name? Oh, um, well, we wanted we wanted the characters and the company to be quite story driven. Um, so Kisu as our main character, uh, Kisu is Finnish for kind of kitty, kitty. sort of playful, cutesy cat. Um, so 
it's it is our mascot if you listen to him our boss uh is <laughs> personal name um it's what he goes by mm. so i like the idea of so the company name being kisu and friends it's a little finnish it's a little english it's both of us together mm. but okay. story-wise it's our main character and mm. what the other models are his yeah. friends yeah but also like the whole community of friends so mm. yeah we like the idea yeah, everybody's anyone, a friend anyone who joins us follows us buys from us is sort of part of the friends now oh that's cool um now this one what are we looking at here ah this um was our giveaway for our hundred followers on telegram it was the first time we started trying something other than just the sort of swell patterns in the bottom um so this was done by you you did the hearts on it mm -hmm. and i drew the hundred on it um so i mean everything we did early on was very collaborative um <laughs> but we're kind of suckers for cutesy hearts and things uh last valentine's we did a lot of heart bases we brought them back for that um but again was just like that next little evolution from just swirl mm. patterns into carefully placing the dots to make them hearts and pull through the patterns right um you know i one of the things that I always think about when I see this kind of thing, and one of the areas that I try to take inspiration from are in papers from books. If you've ever seen okay. handmade, custom-made books that have those end papers on them, gorgeous. And um, I, it always makes me think of that. Now, um, again, I'm kind of jumping all over the place because there's just so much I want to get to. But uh, you're, you're a blender. Well, I'm not going to say you're a blender fan. But you use Blender for your 3D modeling. Yeah. Um, it's in the early days of how do we do this? Look it up. <laughs> um, we discovered Blender as a free way to do it. And it's discovered the, the donut video. Yeah. <laughs> everyone, video. <laughs> everyone follows when they learn Blender. Um, yes. Got about halfway through donut making until it hit the complicated, this is rendering it to look pretty as it. I don't care. I'm not rendering these things. I'm printing them. Um, so yeah, from that, I don't, I kind of found Blender suited me quite nicely. I mean, it kind of hits okay. some of the math stuff I've done, the topography degree uh, uh, courses and things. It, it kind of suited my mindset to do that. Um, so yeah, we got cracking on Blender. We bought our first 3D printer. We've now got three of them. Um, so we can kind of do high quality molds. We can do the wider nozzle knock out the cases around them mm -hmm. fast and quickly because mm. the quality of those doesn't matter and uh we have our third one that is sometimes high quality and sometimes not he's a little temperamental um <laughs> which kinds do you have you got three of them which ones um percy and perry are a nets and pet three is your name's everything. <laughs> if I don't name technology, it breaks on me. If I give it a personality, it has a chance of surviving. Um, what make is Petri? I can't remember. <laughs> Sorry, I've broken Sumo. Um, we have. We've broken him. Well, you know, the oh. most popular ones are like uh, Creality, the uh, Creality mm -hmm. Ender series, uh, Anycubic, um, their Viper or their Cobra, uh, Prusa. Um, the Mark III S. Um, those are kind of the 
the most common yeah. ones? The ones we went for were the ones we could get the largest kind of print plate on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <clears throat> starting out, we didn't want to have to print things in multiple parts if we were going to do larges. We always planned to do size range up to kind of Excel. Um, so ours are 30 by 30 by 40 centimeters. Okay. Um, and up until now, it's always been large enough. Um, <laughs> larger than that just takes too long to print. Um, gotcha. Uh, I do need to get them churning again. It's been too long since we've printed anything. Yeah. <laughs> so a little time these days. Mm. But uh, you mentioned the uh, Blender Donut. Yes, there is a tutorial that everybody starts with where you make a oh, donut. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yep, it is the one. I'm actually working on one of the videos I'm going to be doing is I'm going to give myself, I hate blender. I'll just say, I'll start off there. I hate blender. I'm giving myself 24 hours to learn blender and design a toy. And I, I think that'll be a fun video to do because there's going to be a lot of frustration and there's going to be a lot of screaming. Yeah. 24 hours is not a long time to learn it. (laughs) Right. Now, ah. this is where we're getting pretty cute here. There is a hedgehog down there that is just yeah. pretty freaking awesome. I absolutely love that toy, and it's still not sold. <laughs> oh, my God. It is still on the site. Um, it, yeah, this is this is kind of where the base art really kicked off. Um, when we opened, uh, unlike, I think, most shops, we actually didn't have the work studio in our home. Uh, because our flat was tiny and we did not have the space for it. So we, we did actually start originally with a little tiny rented room, like a short cycle or walk away. Um, and cycling to and from the studio, we were thinking about sort of doing an autumn drop, we liked the autumn colours, and on the way there, there were so many pretty leaves all over the ground on this sort of cycle through. And I just, I really, really wanted to try drawing some leaves to see if we could on the base. Um, so, I mean, these are done about 50-50, half you half, maybe, mm-hmm. I think, um, <clears throat> these face arts. Um, and then I got the idea to start pushing it a little further. And you see the oak one down the bottom was the first kind of, let's get a little fancier with it. Um, that one actually, Simon didn't trust me to make and insisted that I test this first. We made a little tray out of tin foil, poured a little silicone into it. And it's the only base art I've ever actually done a test piece for, but it worked well enough. And so we went, yep, you can waste silicone and try this. Um, and the hedgehog, uh, we got inspired because there was one that we had named Mr. Bumbley, yes. um, who our cat loved finding in the garden where we were at the time. When we went out for our evening walk, she would find Mr. Bumbley and stare at him from about a meter away. It was smart enough not to go any closer. But um, it being sort of that autumn season of hibernation, I, I had to draw Mr. Bumbley going to sleep. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so about this point, you, it's about 50-50. You are starting to, um, I guess, kind of starting to develop your own responsibilities or your own... Um, right from the start, we did have quite sort of a division of labor. Mm. Um, so early on, I did like the web design, I did the modeling and the printing. Seymour uh, took on all the smoothing of the models. That is all a that. really laborious task. All the character creation, story writing, all the businessy sides of it. Yeah, all the legal stuff and the banking and... Also, kind of the sort of artistic side of the modeling. 
Yeah. Like Tom had the ability to actually model things while I was in the background going, no, no, longer, wider, thinner. Ah. <laughs> yeah. I could physically change them, I just didn't know how to. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. And then early on, Simon was doing all of the pouring. Mm. Um, I was doing the odd bit of base art just for fun. Um, and you were doing all of the shipping at that point as well. Mm, it's true. Um, so yeah, we, we had a real sort of division of what we did early on because it seemed there was so much to learn when opening a company like this that it just felt easier to say, I'll learn this, you learn this, and we'll just trust each other. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, um, did you ever, you've got your own website, but did you ever, did you ever use Etsy? No, never did. Um, we jumped straight into our own website, which in hindsight was probably a mistake. I was going to say, um, you like to do things the hard way. <laughs> yeah, we really did. We... We, we sort of went, right, we're going to open this company. Let's pick the name. Okay, let's grab the social media. Let's grab the handles, make sure they're ours. But we won't share anything on them because we're not ready yet. Um, again, huge mistake. Yes. Like, share what you have, people. People like to see it. Um, then we went, okay, we've got these models. We've got one. It's ready. Perfect. Now let's make all the rest so we have an opening lineup of five models. We won't open until we do. We won't ha- open until they're in all the sizes. And this is such a bad idea. Um in the end, we only opened with them in three sizes and only four yeah. of the models because it was taking too long. So we kind of had to go right. for it. But I was like, ah, oh, do we go with Etsy? You know, this ready custom base oil, ready made platform, or do we put months of work into learning <laughs> HTML, Shopify's liquid code, having to buy all of these apps to run it? <sighs> yeah, that's yeah. the right one to go for. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we definitely did things the hard way, but it, it's paying off now, I think. I know a lot of people have had to abandon Etsy mm. or have chosen to because of sadly so and a lot of the knockoffs and things appearing there and mm-hmm. so at least we haven't had to deal with any of that but yeah we, we definitely definitely missed out on a lot of sort of customer base early on yeah I actually want to do a a panel discussion I get you know me and like three other makers together and talk about Etsy versus your own website and those kinds of things. Cause it's, that's one of those things that's very divisive to a certain extent. You know, there are people who are pro Etsy and, and pro website. And I think the path is in between, but well, yeah. I mean, I know there's quite a few makers that still have Etsy despite now having their own site Mm -hmm. things and that seems to do well for them. I've occasionally considered, should we still Mm. put a few things on Etsy, but Again, lack of time. We've just kind of never got around to it. Yeah. Uh, Creature Feature Toys says, Kisu and Friends pumpkin carving. This I've got to see. <laughs> I don't know where I would have photos of it. I could find some. Um, but probably not in the length of time this interview will last for. Sure. Well, definitely throw them up on your, on your Twitter. Um, because yeah. there are links to your Twitter, your Instagram, your website. Uh, you even have a Discord. All of those are linked in the uh, video description, so folks can hit those. Um, I'm sure that people would love to see a pumpkin carved by you. Yeah, I mean, my pumpkin carving is kind of what pushed Kisu and Friends base up the next step. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um in that drop that we did the autumn leaves for, the autumn colours, we did our Halloween toys as well. Um, another 
kind of mistake whereas a tiny brand you make and we thought yeah drops are great let's do one massive drop that uses all our silicone up that will slowly sell so we can't buy more <laughs> um so if yeah. you please just do lots and lots of small drops <laughs> but yeah I, I mean we love halloween in the kind of goofy cutesy fun way not the actual horror film way um so here they are the 11 of them i think we made if i remember right yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 11 of them, all completely different pores, all with completely unique base art. Um, and they kind of started off with a lot of spiderweb patterns that were a bit like the pulling ones we've done and culminated in the haunted house there, um, which was kind of at that point the pièce de résistance that they yeah. best it, that, that was kind of the revelation of like what you could do with yeah. it. Yeah, um, I have with me the original hand-drawn notes when I was planning. There is the original uh idea for the castle as you can see it yeah. it was overly ambitious with the witch and the cat and all sorts in there um but pot life only lets you do so much oh we've yeah got, uh, mr bumbley sort of original sketch and then a handful of the random little doodles as you can see i'm yeah. not great as an artist with a pen but uh, <laughs> it's kind of a little keepsake that has lived on my desk ever since we started uh, i well, look at occasionally actually... and smile yeah, actually, uh, Magic Within was asking, do you sketch the art before or do you just jump straight into your silicone painting? Um, these days, I don't tend to sketch stuff before, but I select images and things I use as references. And whenever I'm doing the art, I have my um, tablet sort of standing up right in front of me and I can flick between the images that I have as references. Um, it's quite rare for me to actually do like full sketches, um, but I, I kind of need a something to work from. Uh, even if it's in like the other side of the room, the computer screen has an image on it or mm. something that I can glance at just for some scale or something. Or oh, if the tablet dies in the middle of you oh, making it and I need to run in and quickly put a picture of the computer screen. <laughs> I've got five minutes of base life, quick, Sibyl! <laughs> yeah. Um, a little prep is useful. Oh yeah, there's the close-up of it. Um, so this was kind of first test of like how far I could push it. I think my yeah. favorite bit is that little ghost in the window and actually yes. get, like, the window slats over it. <laughs> I was ah. noticing that. I was like, I didn't see that the first time. And now that we've got a close up, I'm like, there's a little ghost. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just love Halloween. And I think that inspiration did a lot for like, I, I have to push this. I have to get something that I just love. Um, <laughs> again, this one spent quite a long time on the site before it actually mm. sold. Mm. It only sold a couple mm. of months back, I think. Yeah. But, Oh, I love that one. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is a little bit of a different one. Oh, yeah. Um, so having like finished the Halloween ones, because we did this massive drop for Halloween, um, we didn't didn't do a drop again for a long period. Mm. And uh, we got busy over Christmas. We ended up not doing a Christmas drop. It was the original plan to do some cute Christmas base art. Never happened. Um, and then this was in February. Someone had ordered something from our site. Um, Back then, we actually had shop note, uh, like cart notes turned on, um, which was really lovely. People sent lovely messages, but Shopify has somehow messed this up, and sometimes they stopped coming through, so we had to turn the thing off because we were missing important notes. Um, but at this point, someone had ordered this. They'd chosen the sort of the pink and the white, and they'd chosen the €5 base art option, and they'd sent a message with it. Um, I've chosen these colours to be Typhlosion, sort of Pokemon-inspired. Could the base art be something flame-like? Um so rather than contact this poor customer and go, no, because um, obviously they'd seen base art on the site. I thought, what the hell? Let's get inspired. Um, 
And that was the end result of it. Yeah. And this was a few months after you had done your last phase. Yeah, it was a long stuff, so. time in between. There, there was a weird pause. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of wanted to get back to it because I'd love doing it. Mm. It'd been ages. I thought, what the hell? Let's let's get a bit flashy with it. Um, and that went up on Twitter. And at that point, we'd been around long enough that we had more Twitter followers, and it actually did for us at the time mm. really well. I was like, oh, okay, people people actually do like the base art. It it's something that could take off. Um, and we started getting a handful of custom orders for people asking for specific things. I mean, the inspiration customers come up with can be awesome. We've had some really quirky things, everything from like Egyptian statues through to things based on their tattoos and characters out of games and items out of games. And it, it's amazing what people use. Ah, yeah. and someone on our Telegram channel when we shared the sort of flamey ones, oh, it's Typhosian inspired. Went, oh, you have to do a Vaporeon inspired one. So why not? So for our next drop, we did this. Um, I wanted something watery, and so the drop wave idea came to me. Um, and having done that, I, I love water scenes in artwork generally and things like this. Um, I tried to get a little inspiration from the Great Wave sort of a favourite painting of mine. I thought, let's just put a little of that in there. And this was the end result, which I really loved. And actually, the, the person who suggested doing a Vaporian one loved it so much, they're the person who bought it off the drop, which was really nice as well. Um, but this is... When this also... happened, I just... Oh, oh go, ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. I would say that after doing this, I kind of got stuck with this idea of I have to be able to do the Great Wave at some point fully. And it, mm -hmm. it pushed me on this particular one to try something a little crazier. But this is where I'm starting to see a little bit more of art. Um, that it's, mm. you know, there, you were kind of exploring and you're kind of pushing and see where you could go with it. But now I'm starting to see something that feels, you know, inspired. Yeah. Um, I, I spent quite a while coming up with the design for that, thinking about like how to combine watery symbols of the droplet and the wave and, I did draw up a little sketch for that one. Um, I, I kind of, yeah, I was getting really inspired by it and carried away with it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> now, then you went in a little bit different direction. Yeah. So while still trying to work out how to do the Great Wave, I decided let's do something easy first and did <laughs> Monet Starry Night. Um, <laughs> and at this point... <laughs> so at this point um i i'd finally got to the point of accepting kind of what we did was artwork um i've always thought of myself as a mathematician not an artist and it took a while to get over that kind of mental block mm. and sort of accepting that this was art i thought what the hell if this is art let's let's kind of prove it um and this is again a favorite painting of mine um it's seriously inspirational it appears in so many awesome ways so we we went a bit crazy and did the whole thing um again at this point everything we're doing is still completely collaborative because i am useless at this point and still learning on mixing up colors to be accurately matched Ooh. to things getting the amount of pigment right in them setting it all up time wise so this is still all being completely poured by Simon. all the colors made up by him so I sort of would come to him and go, so I've got this crazy idea. Can you color match these nine colors from this painting for me? <laughs> and uh, God bless you, you did. 
Well, Warm Inside was asking, how do you manage your cure time uh, with that that base art? Use, are you using Slowjo or? Um, actually, that piece you've just seen is the first one we ever tried Slowjo with. Um, because I just couldn't do that in pot life. Um, so that one, we slow joed it and it took about 90 to 100 minutes, I think, to draw that. Oh, wow. That. It was a long time. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it slow joe is a blessing and a curse. It gives you a lot longer, but at the same time, the silicone is wet for so long that if mm. it if it's going to move, it keeps moving. Yeah, because it's got a lot longer to sink as well. So yeah, so if, if things are going to sink, if they're going to rise, if if there's a, you knock the thing and it sways, the the whole thing wrecks itself really really easily. But you have more time. Um, so it's kind of swinging some roundabouts on it. Some things just aren't really possible without it. But at the same time, I hate using it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I've had three goes at that one. That is the only like completely successful attempt. This was attempt number two. Um, we nicknamed this the black hole because I I like finished drawing all of it and it was perfect. And then like silicone started rising out of the top as one of the colors sank into another, and it just it ate the tree. I, I drew the tree <laughs> and it just got sucked away from this black hole. Um, of course, you're like 80 minutes in and it just starts wrecking itself and there's nothing much you can do about it except yeah. keep poking it and hope that it goes solid soon. Um, so this is a good example of why Slow Joe is a pain in the ass because you just have very little control over like stopping it moving. That said, this one, it sells straight away to mm. a really sweet person on Twitter who still really likes it and wrote this really sweet like almost poem about it. Mm. So, I mean, the community is awesome and still love what you try and do when even, you know, it doesn't quite come out the way you're hoping. Um, but, then, but then you went from that to this. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did. This, this was me sort of finally getting to do the one I've been planning for ages. Um, on the, this was um, our 2000 follower giveaway on Twitter. Yes. Um, I like our sort of big follower givers, giveaways on Twitter is a great excuse to go completely nuts with base art and do something stupidly difficult because uh -huh. I think it justifies it. Um, so the first attempt is the one on the left there where, again, I had some sinking issues and the white sort of pulled things into the middle, uh, stretching it a bit out of shape. So when I'd finished it, Simon went, oh, that's fantastic. I looked at it and went, no, I'm doing it again. Um, <laughs> and... The one on the very right was the second attempt and came out much better. It was much more what I was hoping for. Um, it's still not as perfect as I want, and I am going to redo it at some point. But um, <laughs> it, it is, this was a real challenge that, again, needed slow joing. Um, and the one in the middle was a slightly simplified version that we could create a little more easily. And we started doing a little run of those that were really popular. Um, yeah. I mean, people do seem to love the mm. great wave art piece everyone knows it and it was way more popular than we thought it would be when we started <laughs> yeah um and i keep i keep forgetting as we're talking that as we get into talking shop people don't always know what we're talking about when we say slow joe because slow oh, joe yeah. is a retarder it slows down the curing process and 
and gives you more pot life. And, and again, pot life is the amount of time that you have before the silicone starts to cure. So, yeah, generally speaking, um, with the smooth on silicones we're using, the pot life is either 18 or 45 minutes. Um, so that's kind of the amount of time you've got to mix in your part B, degas it, pour it, and then start the base art and kind of, you've got to stop before you hit the pot life or you end up with these little wibbly ridges and poke marks that result in them being sold on a discount. Um, <laughs> so it, it can be limiting and you kind of got to be quite speedy with some of these things, which is why a lot of them need planning beforehand. You need working out exactly what lines are going to be poured when, so I don't have to think when doing it. I just go. Also, if many colors are needed, um, yeah. you want to mix the ones that you're going to use first first and then do them in like batches yeah mm -hmm. so I, I sometimes get to part way through on okay i've done enough similar can you mix up the next two colors please and just two colors like 10 gram piece being mixed and degassed but there's your next two all right next two please you know, keep going <laughs> one at a time with me barking orders at you across the room <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Worm Inside ha had a couple of comments here in the chat. Um, cannot even manage uh, that many colors to prep during a normal cure time. Um, and so, I mean, you kind of have to go into it with a plan. Yeah, the, the complicated ones have to be planned first. And the particularly complicated ones just can't be done solo. Um, it actually takes both of us just time-wise to manage getting enough done um which can be a little limiting and sometimes it takes awkward time to get mm. to some of the customs we have custom orders from really complicated <clears throat> things but one top tip is to have a really simple base so for example you just have a one color base so you don't have to mix up a lot of colors for the base yeah. separately so you have all that saved time to mix the um, base art colors yeah if you're trying to do things like the marbles or ripple fades that require degassing silicone then combining them in a pot then degassing it again mm. all, all those extra steps really eat away the time you've actually got to do <laughs> yeah. anything with it yeah now here you went a little bit which which direction did you go with these um yeah for anyone who doesn't recognize this uh these are all inspired by characters from the anime full metal alchemist um so after doing The Great Wave, I kind of wanted to start doing like spiritual sets or matching yeah. sets, things that kind of belong together. And this is what I had playing in the studio in the background while working for a while. And I kind of started doodling ideas for toys based on the characters in it. Um, so I had great fun designing these over a while. Um, and this is the first time that I used a new tool. I, I went far more advanced than the standard cocktail stick and actually used a sewing needle. Um, if you see the one on the right, the sort of dragony tattoo on the tongue, the, the tiny dots and details in that and trying to shape triangles out of something that small uh, couldn't be done with a cocktail stick. I, I needed a needle. Um, so yeah, it was a next step in advancement of mm -hmm. me going nuts and overly detailed. <laughs> Uh, I think George mentioned this in the chat, but I want to remind everybody, if we talk about any products or anything like that, uh, we're not sponsored. If you want to sponsor us, that would be awesome. But uh, we're not sponsored. So um, this is all stuff that we're talking about because we have experience with it. And, you know, the things that we like are the things that we like because we have used them. So 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, again, a little bit different take. Yeah. Um, again, I I think when sort of trying to design the base art, I like it to be something either like cute or fun or beautiful. And kind of Japanese art style and things appeals to me. And the koi pond is quite a classic. Um, and at this point, I hadn't done a lot of base art in Aurelius. And I wanted something that would suit that kind of beautifully perfect round um, base. And the koi pond is what came to mind. Uh, we did a couple of these. I sort of went through a few evolutions. And this was a fun custom because the customer wanted us to match the exact koi that was in her actual koi pond. So the reference, as you can see on the screen, with sort of black circles being drawn around it, is please draw these specific fish. Um, it was a great challenge. And another example of just how quirkly specific the customs, and how personal some of the customs you get can mm-hmm. actually be for people. I love that you can create something that has real meaning to the person who's ordered it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think the fish ponds are great fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you don't have enough to do, if I could make a suggestion, um, near clear uh-huh. would be a great way to dive ah. into more three-dimensional type of yeah base art. Yeah, I saw the stuff that um, <laughs> Dirty Bird did, sadly, before closing. Um, but I know that they did sort of base art with a few layers and things that you could see through, and it was a really cool idea. And it's something I have been thinking about. We've never actually tried near clear at all, so we'd need a lot of big practice. Yeah, we didn't want to go stealing the idea while it was still their thing. Mm-hmm. And also, we haven't done any testing on near clear, so <laughs> would take some time and money. But yeah, it's like definitely if, something if, to be looked into. As if you don't have enough to do already. Um, yeah. There is another question. Are there any other iconic paintings or characters for inspiration? So we talked about the Great Wave, uh, Starry Night. Yeah, we, we did ask people for inspiration of other things. Mm. Um, the Scream got mentioned a few times by people as one that would oh, be interesting to try. Yeah. I am tempted to. I am still kind of thinking over how to. Um, that is quite a difficult one. <laughs> so one day, one day the screen will appear. <laughs> um, otherwise, I mean, it's a bit daft, but there's a couple of poems I'm considering trying to write into the base of Dildo. Um, I haven't got around to it yet, but I mean, it's another art form. Dildos are art. Why not write poetry in them? Yeah. Not my own. That would be terrible. Actual good poetry. Um, <laughs> A Shakespeare sonnet, say. Actually, I haven't considered Shakespeare. That's a bit of an oversight. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we could indeed. Yeah. Uh, now, you guys are based in Finland. And um, I, I gather that a lot of your sales are international. So how do you, um, I mean, what experiences have you had shipping internationally and dealing with um, the rest of the world when it comes to doing these kinds of things shipping is definitely your area <laughs> yes um i have a background in logistics so honestly we haven't found it too difficult all the custom stuff finding all that out and finding the right cor- correct customs codes and the names for sending to different places and um we do have a short list for like how many invoices you need for each country and yeah because that differs from country to country and can be awkward to find out but 
other than we have one shipping method that we are considering pulling the plug on because it's yeah. just so problematic. I mean, it, it generally works, but if there's a problem, their customer care is yeah. just non-existent. And to me, it's shocking and embarrassing because it's it's on us. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, what about so Germany? annoying to have something go wrong that isn't our fault. Yeah. What about uh, Germany? Germany. <laughs> um, we are currently in the process of lucid registering, mm -hmm. um, which yeah. for those watching is a new law in Germany where the sender of goods needs to pay for the recycling of the packaging materials, Yes, which sounds fairly simple, but when you need to know the exact maker of every piece of packaging yes. you use and the class of They're it being a little and bit the weight of it, it. And, uh, it's, it's not, not very user-friendly yet as a system. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I took Germany off my shipping list. I just won't do it. I, yeah, I won't deal with it. It's currently off ours, but we are. Many others have done. We're desperately trying to get it back on. We do have some customers in Germany, mm. um, and we really want to be able to ship to them again, but we're sort of halfway through it. Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. it will be in time for the next drop, but it will be soon. Mm. Yeah. Um, the other one that's a real pain is Britain. And I get to grunge about them because I am British. Um, <laughs> but they, they needed their own special VAT registering because mm. of Brexit, where uh, we have to be British registered. And so we have one registration that covers the entire of Europe that took like two or three days to set up. Yeah. And to get British VAT registered took four months. Something like that, yeah. We were selling to Britain before we were registered there. We were trying to give them money and they were making it difficult. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Of course, they're the only place that requires invoices that don't state their VAT removed. So you have to mm -hmm. edit the invoice every time it's Britain, not anywhere else in the world. They're just really annoyingly difficult for no reason. <laughs> special, that's the word, yes. <sighs> well, speaking of special, what do we got going on here? Um, this was another giveaway one. It's a good excuse to go nuts. Um, this is my childhood on a dildo. <laughs> um, the number of hours I wasted on a Game Boy playing Pac-Man in the back of the car on trips is unbelievable. Now you've wasted a few more hours doing this. Yeah. Um, again, I did it twice because I did one on the left and wasn't happy enough with the way it came out because I felt there weren't enough dots and I hadn't got the high score in before it got too thick and it shifted a little off to the side. So it needed doing again. Um, I am again going to one day come back to this and I am going to have the full screen with every single dot in the correct number in the correct place. Um, I will manage it. But uh, again, it's one that requires slow Joe. It wants to move. It's very awkward. Um, yeah. But again, it's a passion project because I love it. I love Pac-Man and classic arcade games and my geeky hobbies. Yeah. I think... I think the base arts and things come out best when it's something that inspires, something that you love and can just go throw your all into it. It's just great fun. What I love about things like the dildo community and the Twitter community is for some reason, so many dildo collectors are really geeky and they really respond to the same things I love. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, speaking of geeky. Oh yeah. This um, was actually a, Custom order. Um, really cool one. Someone contacted us and said, I want you to make a toy based on my Nintendo DS. I think so. Yeah. Um, is that the so said, Switch? You know, is that the Nintendo Switch? Oh, it's a Switch. It might be a Switch. Sorry. Yeah. Um, 
And we sort of went, oh, it's got the colours, it's got the pink, it's got the orange. So we did sort of a ripple fade from orange to black, we did pink drips and went, oh, can you draw it in the base? Oh, yeah, we can. So they sent two pictures, one of the front, one of the back. Um, I was like, okay, but I, I can draw either. Is it the front or the back you want? So, well, could you draw the front and draw the three stickers I have on the back? So I, I can, let's have a look at the stickers. It's like three pride stickers, um, sort of trans, LGBT and bi. I was like, one of them is square, one of them is heart-shaped, one of them is circular. I was like, hang on, how many colours do we need for this base art? I think it came out as like 16, 16. colours. I was like, I mean, technically we could do it, but um, I can't guarantee the outcome. I was like, um, I said sort of what level of detail do you want? Do you, sort of, I could price it at this, for this detail, this, for this, this, for the sort of absolute detail. I draw like the letters on the buttons. Like, yeah, go for that. I was like... No. Okay. It's one of these moments where you offer options. Go, please choose the simple one. Please choose. Nope. We're going for all of it. Okay. Um, so this was actually one of the hardest base arts we've done and required you to do like four rounds of mixing up and degassing yeah. the colors just to get it done in time. And, and then I, I guess the, uh, the circle down here on the bottom right is, is that the trans flag? It is. Um, I was struggling to get the photo with the bright white colours and the sort of darker ones to show all of them. Um, but yeah, that's the sort of blue, pink, white, pink, blue um, yeah. trans flag as a circle and the heart-shaped LGBT rainbow and the bi-square flag. Yeah. So that, that was really challenging. But again, something really personal to the customer and that just, it feels awesome when you can send them something. You get the message back going, I love it. I was like... Yeah. Yes, it works. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you're you're leading me right along here because now we start getting into these things that are are very personal. These are people's personas, right? Actually, these are our characters. Um, uh, this is our characters done on their own models. Uh, a little while back, okay. we got for the first time our company stickers um, from an awesome artist, uh, Marielle whose Twitter I should remember is at Ask Suck Succubus. Yes. Like, way struggle to spell it. But um, they sort of actually reached out to us about the idea of, sort of doing stickers and mm. things. And their artwork's super cute. And we're suckers for some cute artwork. But yeah. every one of these little characters from our own collection... And yeah. we just fell in love with these stickers immediately. And to release these, we thought we have to do something really special. Uh, and given we're getting known for our base art, why not attempt to recreate the stickers as the base art? Mm -hmm. um, so this was, again, they were all rather nightmarishly difficult. Um, but this was sort of a slight evolution. I wanted to try and get a few things done that we hadn't tried before. Um, you see the bottom left, there's like a slight fade on the muzzle color. That was sort of using like translucent colors over opaque colors to get that sort of fade. And things like, yeah, that was that was a challenge. And just to the right of that, Keister's eyes to get that sparkle in it. We had the sort of micery bronze in the actual eye color. So there's like three different colors making up just the eye on that one. Um, so we, we went really overboard in these and I absolutely love them. And interestingly, four of these are still on the site. <laughs> so I think 
Problem is, buy I'm... them now or I will. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm so tempted to take the key suit off the site and call it mine. Um, again, most of them are on larges, which I know is quite a lot for a lot of people. So I think the larges tend to stay there a little longer, but oh, I had so much fun doing those. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The stickers are so cool. <laughs> so again, another passion of, of something you love, you just have to do it justice and mm-hmm. go all out. Yeah. Now then, this one was a little bit more of a space theme. Yeah. Again, my geeky, nerdy childhood passions coming out. Um, Always loved space. Uh, We had a custom um, for something quite space-inspired. It had sort of a beautiful sky base with little stars drawn on it, and it was really beautiful. And I just wanted to really go for it. And there's the slight inside joke of this is – the one time I've intentionally created a black hole in the base. Um, <laughs> uh, and this is a spiral galaxy thing. So I, I just had great fun going for this. And um, again, it's a set. I wanted to keep doing like sets and things that sort of yeah. matched and went together, but were different. And at this point, we started experimenting like more heavily with micas. In the early days had always been quite light on the mica because we weren't sure about curing inhibition and things with some of the colors and pigments, but sort of been experimenting as we go along. And it turns out you can actually put a lot in without having problems. Um, and space just screams sparkly mica. So, Yeah. Um, so a couple of things. One, um, once you get past a certain amount of pigment uh, micas, it will affect the firmness. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. you can load it up. Just know that if you really go for it, it is going to affect the firmness. But yeah. I'm looking at these minis, these teenies down here. Yeah. Um, even early on, I, I like the idea of the teenies having similar base art. Even like the flame one we showed earlier had a little flame on it. But it got to the point where I've been trying to do like more and more accurate and detailed base art on the tiny toys because it, it's a challenge and I love challenges. And it's actually helping me like get more detail into the main projects if i can get the tiny ones done uh-huh. um <laughs> um i i for our um halloween drop which we've got coming up on tuesday mm. um i've been trying to sort of do like base art in the minis for some of the special things we've got going on on that and again it's getting to the point where i'm needing the needle to shape and position these things mm-hmm. um i can show you a couple in here because we've not shown off the Base on the minis for these, I don't think. We we asked Twitter what they wanted. Uh, we did a poll, and vampires is what came up as the choice. Um, so we've got there will be three designs coming. We've got two of them currently. There's one still to make, but again, sort of wonderfully drippy, and with the base art of yep. the bloody fangs. And I have managed to create on the <laughs> tiny versions the exact same base art that should match. Um, God, the size on these is absolutely mini, but they're just so much fun to make. And the uh, Alucard ones, again, from an anime Helsing, uh, but vampire character, the sort of summoning circle he wears on his gloves and the little mini versions. Oh they're, just, they're just so much fun to make, but yeah. I can't help myself. Um, when we do base art, we don't promise it's in the tiny toy. It depends on, like, how much working pot life I've got left. If I have any time left at the end, just gotta try and get it in there. Yeah. 
Well, I'm going to let everybody know. I'm going to do last call on questions. So if you do have oh, any ready. questions, drop them in the <laughs> chat and George will get those wrangled for me. And uh, yeah, we'll get those. I think we've got about uh, just enough time to get through the last few questions if we need to. Uh, Timmy Fox with the really important questions. What are your opinions on pie? Definitely pro pie. Yeah. Um, it's anyone who starts a company like this needs to understand that comfort eating is the only way to get there. So yeah. pro pie. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have one last one here. I think. Do I have it pulled up? Yep, I do. Now then. What do we have going on here? These are our Christmas models. Um, these will be coming back again this year. This time, the plan is for at least three sizes on each of them. Mm. Um, so these were quite a hit last year, even though we were quite a tiny and unknown company at the time. Um, but my personal favorite model that we have, design-wise at least, is the one on the left, uh, Guru, our reindeer. Um, and this was the first time we kind of got into a bit of hand painting and things. This was very much your speciality. You were making these, not me. But um, it was just a chance to go a little, little complicated nuts with the design. I'm pouring that one on the left, it's done as ripple fade, hard split to a marble, hard split to a solid, with a solid gold bell on the side with hand painted red up the sides into a marble again. So these things are insanely, <laughs> overly complicated to make but the end result i just love it is fantastic um so we are definitely going to bring both of these boys yeah. back for christmas this also, time also again as a kind of because because we're still a kind of a starting company but last christmas even more so mm. so we we were playing the long long game and <laughs> we're thinking ah we'll bring out two, these two new characters just for christmas then we'll pull them off the market so people will want them more a year afterwards. I'd like, yeah. while we've not sold a single one of these because they've not been available. <laughs> yeah, that, that super long thinking is not always the most sensible no. business plan. <laughs> All right, so I have a question. Um, the teeny, the on the black and white one, yeah. I'm looking at that and I'm looking at the finish on that and I'm going, how do you... How do you get that kind of a finish on something that small? A lot of time and effort. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, there's just not really a great way to shortcut smoothing mm. when you're using the um, FFF 3D printing, the melted plastic stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we use, how the hell's the resin called? XTC3D. Mm. Um, to give it that kind of first smooth, then a lot of sanding, and then a sort of spray on afterwards to kind of finish it off. Um, small details are definitely an issue. Uh, I think that that tiny toy for Milty was printed four times before we got one that was actually happy with the level of smoothness on it. Um, at least they're quick to print because they're only five centimeters tall. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the smoothing is. Just a little time and effort. Yeah. And are you using also when it comes PLA? to those? Oh, go ahead. Uh, yes, we're using PLA, um, but also smoothing those tiny ones. I suppose it's kind of easier because 
Um, the smaller size already loses a lot of detail, so it's not as care like it's not as meticulous about detail anymore anyway. So you can you can mm. kind of go mad with it. Yeah, true. Okay. Well, let me check and see what kind of questions we've got going on here. Um, but you've got a, a drop coming up uh, for Halloween. Is that right? Yep, on Tuesday. Gotcha. And then you're going to these, if I can bring them back up here, I think this is right. And these are going to be your holiday release. Yeah, those are for Christmas. Um, Puru, our reindeer on the left with his sort of sleigh bell. And uh, Nulti on the right, who comes from Finnish mythology Mm. and is sort of a Krampus-like character, but a little different. Um, Although in our Kisu verse, he's... He's more the sort of cheeky, grumpy old retired guy who's let Santa take over and is having his fun on the side rather than anything too scary and aggressive. Yeah. Um, he's good fun. And Maggie Space asking, how about rabbits for Easter? Maybe, uh, and then also maybe mm-hmm. overposition toys for Easter. Easter eggs. Oh, they are more complicated. They are um, really complicated. It'd be fun to make. They would be great fun, and we do want to have a crack at that. Um, but the second you put like spaces in the middle of things and holes and openings, the model making gets yeah. awkward. Um, the reason we opened with four models, not five as planned, is because the fifth was our masturbator, and it was going through so many iterations of mm-hmm. uh, best prints. Yeah. And of course, we decided to go nice and simple and printed in three different lengths in the most detailed model we had that had so many nodes on Blender, the computer crashed when you tried to move it. Um, <laughs> so we made life easy for ourselves. Um, but just the number of components and lining them up when trying to make it is is awkward. But we learned a lot doing that model, yeah. and we are going to come back and do Wasn't it. Wasn't that the first one you ever modeled? Uh Danny Dog is the first one I ever mm. modeled and got almost finished. Then I started doing Tiger to learn more about Blender mm. and then went back and just finished Daddy off. And you made it way, way too detailed. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the model... printer could never, ever replicate that sort of detail. <laughs> uh, Tiger in model form is superb. She is the most detailed dragon head imaginable to the level that no 3D printer can cope with. Um, and it is completely wasted detail. Yeah. Now, <laughs> something I want to I want to go back and touch on a little bit. Um, Tom, you are British, yep. but the one of those models that we were just talking about for the holiday release is from Finnish mythology. Hmm. Yeah, um, I fell in love with well, firstly a Finn, and then second Finland, <laughs> um, and Finnish. Mythology is awesome, and it's something we are going to draw from in the future. Mm-hmm. With future models, we are going to start bringing some of that to the forefront because it is a bit different from other cultures, other mythologies. Um, as a sort of people, historically, nature is so important to Finland. Um, so there's a lot of nature gods, the waters, the lakes, the trees, the forests, the snows and things. It's, it's quite different. There is no god of war. There's nothing sort of aggressive in there. It's all about surviving your environment. Um, rather- so we're trying to draw uh, something from that into the whole company already in terms of mm-hmm. colors and the sort of values we have. 
So, yeah. I mean, our company colors the blue and white are the mm. Finnish flags. They represent the lakes and snow, or mm. the sky and the snow, depending on who you ask. Mm. Um, so, it, I think as a different kind of special as a country, it's understanding, it's inclusive. I mean, we have told quite a few people what we do. Um, we've had to, we, we submitted a full business plan to um, a branch of the Finnish government early on when we were applying for financial support. Um, we had hilarious conversations with Simo explaining to banks and things on the phone what sounds were and spanking paddles and things. It was a hilarious <laughs> conversation to listen in on. And everyone is just really chilled and understanding. Um, yeah. Actually, in, in the very early days when we started the company up, um, we had financial support. We, we were effectively on job seekers allowance, the both of us, for the first year that we ran the company. That's kind of what we lived off and supported the company with because it needed support early on. And all of that took a massive detailed business plan. Except it's not called job seekers allowance because it's for starting entrepreneurs. It, yeah, it's specifically for entrepreneurs, mm. but... Okay. So the amount you get and things is effectively what mm. you would have as a job seeker. Mm. Um, Finland's very pro entrepreneurship. It it's wonderful. We had a lot of resources and help with mm -hmm. planning things out. But the only thing we lacked was a bank account, which was nightmarishly difficult. Yeah. I, I don't know if other companies have found this or not, but we we got rejected by like every bank we possibly applied to. Interesting. Um, sometimes the issue. Any issues? No. No, and the bank knows no what the company is. So. Well, let me rephrase. Um, I do all of my sales through either Etsy or my website, and my website only takes PayPal. And uh, okay. So uh, I'm not using a credit card processor like Stripe or Square or Shopify or any of those. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I didn't have that problem. Um, I did have mm. that problem with uh, e-commerce payments, uh, which was run through stripe and that was a nightmare but yeah yeah and uh, early on we had issues of me being british having brexit just happened causing some problems with banks we had some rejectors because the nature of the work was sexual and they didn't want it we had others turn us down on the grounds that they were too small a bank and they wouldn't do it because we were dealing with international shipping uh we had other ones just not respond but, yeah but eventually well, we, we did get a bank account from a local bank from my hometown because i i've known the bank manager for 20 years yeah. and they pretty plainly told us like you're probably getting rejected because they think you're trying to launder money or something yeah it's yeah <laughs> well, we, we got there in the end yeah. <laughs> uh warm inside asks when is the drop next week it is on tuesday um and the time is... You should probably I remember the time. It's 5 p.m. UTC for those in Europe and 1 p.m. Eastern time for Americans. Okay. Um, let's see. I've got a couple more questions uh, from the audience and then I've got one or two from myself. Um, sure. And let's see. Do you follow Formula One? Uh, Are you a fan of Formula personally? One? Yeah. A little bit. Okay. All right. Well, there's a conversation we'll have afterward. Um, Maggie Space okay. asking, do you do base art on your strokers in some way? Uh, like on the closed back? Um, we haven't ever attempted to do so. Mm -hmm. It 
it would be difficult for several reasons. Um, the softer the silicone, the more likely it is to sink and have problems and be awkward to deal with. Um, my kind of go-to for base art is our medium firmness, 0050. Um, firm, our 10A is quite good to do it with. I can do it on soft, the 0030, depending on how complex it is. Mm. And we've picked up a few new tricks and sort of things that will make that easier. And I'm going to be more willing to do that on customs now. But our, our stroker is in 0020. It's super, super runny liquid. Um, yeah. and, and trying to carefully position liquid that drips and runs everywhere is kind of nightmarish. And the back is relatively small. And to keep the central column in place, there's a large clip that covers like 60% of the surface. So yeah. I would love to do it. And we could maybe attempt some at some point, but it, it is way harder than... Mm. what we normally do yeah. so for practical reasons not at the moment uh i'm going to combine questions from magic within and timmy fox um into kind of a overall question uh what's the plan for the business going forward and do you have any sneak peeks or um hints for what you might be doing in the future okay um there is quite a lot planned mm -hmm. um I think the thing that will take precedent at the moment are the Christmas models because they need working on now if they're going to be ready for Christmas because that's just how annoyingly long it takes to make new models. But you have some cool news for the future. Your course. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> um, we're looking to... This is your cue. <laughs> I was just yeah, I was just thinking about products and I was still kind of tangled up with that. But um, I, um, I will be doing a degree in sexology uh, starting mm. next February. And that will take around a year to complete, and we'll be then offering my services through the site, all under the same roof as well. That's um, oh, that's awesome! Fantastic! I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, um, it's advice and con consult consultant service or consultation um, in all matters, sex and gender and everything under the same roof. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, the dildo community is kind of a great place to offer this, I think, because yeah. there is yeah. such diversity. And we get it. so many questions all the time. Yeah. So it's just to be able to have that. Of course, we've read a lot. I've always been interested in all this stuff. This, again, is a teenage dream of mine to do this. And uh -huh. now at the young age of 34, I'm finally getting to do it. I'm so <laughs> excited I got accepted. Because they don't they normally only offer this for medical, like like medical care professionals. But yeah. also that they mention for people who have who are working in an uh, applicable in a field where uh, it can help yeah. people. Yeah. So they were more than happy to have me. Um so it'll be great to just be that much more, you know, just have that professionalism about it and be more certain with my answers to people because I love to help them. So that's awesome. I, that, I love hearing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that we've got plans for a slight revamp of things. Um, our logo might be a little tweaked. We're going to mm. update some of the sort of website. Website's looking a little sleepy maybe the mm. sort of soft blues we went for we wanted something mm. gentle to start with batch it kind of isn't quite as attention grabbing as maybe mm. it should be um okay. so we're going to do a few little changes there um the next model we have yeah. modeled on blender but not remotely product yet. wise idea wise we have oh God, years worth years worth but we have 
a theme of five products coming up. Yeah, mm, but we don't okay. know how long releasing those will take. But yeah, they're centered. They're definitely centered around the theme. And yeah, can we at least reveal what the first is? Go on. Up next, um, if you read Kissel's diary, it's on the website. It kind of has the stories about how he met his friends and things. Um, it'll be his trip around Europe, where he's visiting some special new friends. Uh, up first will be Ray, uh, who is a water dragon an embodiment of change of all sorts. Um, they're, they're a character that has multiple forms. We might do a few of the different forms as different models. As uh, an embodiment of change, there is no binary nature to the character. Um, so the first model, um, which will be a dildo originally, mm -hmm. the first one, um, is modeled, it is ready. There's some nice watery themes to it. It's a model I really like. I think it should be quite a popular one. We will hopefully be able to reveal some teasers in the next couple of weeks. I'm certain the model is completely finished and mm. the first test print goes well, at least. Yeah. We print it and realize it's not practical. <laughs> yeah. um, what's playing on your studio playlist? What do you listen to in the studio? That depends who's in charge of the music. <laughs> I usually listen to Dream Theater. Um, there is quite often playing or bizarre comedy things that amuse me um it depends sometimes i sometimes hate listen some things yes <laughs> it's just bizarre um sometimes it's thematically appropriate i had um space odyssey playing while doing space themed uh toys i had the beetlejuice musical playing while doing our sandworm oh which i've not shown off oh yeah yeah let's this is it. possibly one of my favorite models at the moment um I mean, Sandworm paws have become popular. They're yeah. all over. Loads of sites have them. But we decided to go as literal as we could. So we have our Sandworm. Yes. Um, <laughs> it It's, oh, I love it so much. There, there will be three of them. And I think and what again, I love most. Again, it's kind of cute. And no matter what I draw, even if it's a terrifying monster, it smiles. Um, <laughs> yes. The first one came out so semi-bemused looking. Uh -huh. And then it got sort of crazy happy and then it ended up like manically scarily happy psychotic. um so, <laughs> kind of differences between them as they just got more and more crazy oh, um, so yeah the three of them would be great fun all right well uh i'm about ready to wrap it up was there anything last minute you wanted to mention or tell people about and while you're thinking about that, I want to remind everybody that we've got Linda from Paladin Pleasure Sculptors coming next weekend. Phalophile is going to be on October 9th. And then I think, I might have to double check on this, but I think I've got Fergus Monster booked for October 16th. So, yeah. So what was it? Was there anything else that you wanted to touch on? There's one thing I have to show as well. It's our Halloween sticker, because I absolutely love it. Oh, it's freaking awesome. Now, can people buy you all your stickers? Yeah, all the stickers are um, on the site, except the Halloween one, which will go on the site on Tuesday. Um, okay. It'll be a little limited run just for Halloween. Um, we'll give one away free with every like Halloween-themed toy, just because I love the sticker and more people need to have it. Um, yes. But yes, yeah, so our general set of characters and the like Rainbow Pride one we have all year round, because I know it's not Pride Month, but hell, we're proud to be who we are all year round, so why not? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it well, 
Guys, yes. thank you so much. I realize that it's now 4.30 in the morning where you are, and it is just amazing that you have stuck through this with me. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. It's been great fun. Yeah. Well, say goodnight, and then I will uh, do a little quick wrap-up, and then I'll catch up with you in just a moment. Yeah, well, thank you to everyone who turned up to actually watch us live. It has been awesome having you in the live questions, and we shall see you around. Yes. Bye. Bye. <laughs> All right. So that was Tom and Simo from Kizu and Friends. And those guys are a hoot. I absolutely love hanging out with them. So um, I would remind everybody, uh, I will remind everybody that we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Almavidi. And you can support us through that or hang out, watch the videos whatever it's you can do what you like i don't it doesn't matter anyway i'll be back next week with linda from paladin pleasure sculptors and with that i am out good night everybody bye